0: Sutra 30, the third Bhumi, the contract of death before life. If you discover that pathway inward, and if you go into the place where you cannot turn back, you will discover things you never knew, and just like water, we find a way to slip through the cracks. When we only go forward, we will find the way. Of course, there is all kinds of advice and guidance upon this path. But ultimately, it is up to the individual to take action, no matter what anyone else has to say. To live consciously, you must have the courage to go inside yourself to find out who you really are. To understand that behind all of the masks of the individual differences, you are a being of beauty, of love and of awareness. The spiritual essence is the Holy Spirit, a seer, and a divine witness. When Christ said, the kingdom of heaven is within you, he wasn't just putting you on. When Buddha said, each person is the Buddha, he was saying the same thing. Until you can allow your own beauty, your own dignity, your own being, you cannot free another. So if I were giving people one instruction, I would say to work on yourself. Have compassion for yourself, allow yourself to be beautiful, and the rest will follow.
1: In the universe there are things that are known, and things that are unknown, and in between there are doors," said Forgiveness. Just as I passed through the tiny crack
0: in the dark stone, I fell out upon the floor. What is this? And there behind the wall of Kailash's mountainous rock, I heard Forgiveness and Mr. Kismet whisper through the tiny hole as I
1: barely could hear them talk. As you proceed ahead, you may lose track of our voice, and so you must listen to the intuition within, and that will guide you through all upcoming choices. You have entered into the third Bhumi, which is called Ojepa in Tibetan. O means light, and jeppa means creating or activating. So, ojeppa means illuminating. This creates a quality of awakening. With each new level of the path, you have a sense that you are leaving the frontier, where things are not all that sophisticated, and approaching the capital where the highest civilization exists. There is a feeling that as you get closer to the capital, that much more sophistication is taking place. Just as the river gets closer to the ocean, a slow expansion takes place and it becomes bigger. Upon this third Bhumi, you begin to demonstrate your understanding and discipline without tiring and without aggression. You identify with the teachings. You are tremendously eager to comprehend the meaning of the nature of reality, which is called the Dharma Dhatu and shunyata, or emptiness and clarity of mind. In order to hear even a few lines of the dharma and transmit it to others, you would sacrifice your body. You are falling in love with the dharma and are eager to learn it all," said forgiveness. The
2: transcendent virtue,
1: or paramita,
2: of the third bhumi is patience. You are patient with yourself, with the various practices required. And with the study and understanding of the Dharma, patience is a form of bravery. You are willing to jump in and let yourself be soaked in the Dharma. You have shown that you are willing to take the leap. Patience is being without anger. It is the absence of a short temper. If you are teaching, you do not tire of relating the meaning of Dharma to others. You are not bothered by students, but you are generous with the teachings. You are not bored by repeating the same verse or same idea over and over again. You are also not discouraged by your own ignorance, but you keep wanting to learn more. You are able to prolong the threat of dissatisfaction in order to seek further Dharma,"
1: said Mr. Kismet. Dharma is a very personal experience. Sometimes what you learn from the teachers or the teachings makes sense to you, and sometimes You disbelieve the teachings, so you begin to play with the Dharma, testing whether it is true or not. It's like you are a little child who has been told not to put your finger on the electric burner. When you quietly turn it on and touch it, sure enough, you get burned. Likewise, by personally testing the teachings, a kind of transmission takes place. The one who walks the path experiences the truth of the Dharma. On the path to awakening and enlightenment, discursive thoughts regarding such concepts as non-duality or egolessness are considered to be valid and even encouraged. Your whole being is beginning to become dharma. You begin to catch dharma fever, to be obsessed with dharma, even in your dreams. You are so into it that everything becomes a teaching, ordinary things like going to a movie watching people talk to each other, or seeing hot water boiling, all mean something to you. When we say that whatever you hear is the voice of the Dharma, it does not mean that somebody is reciting sutras. It means that you are learning from what is happening around you. You are obsessed with that, which seems fine," said Forgiveness. And with that, both of
0: the cats' voices disappeared and passed into the pitch black. I was left alone, somewhere within the mountain's interior that felt open, spacious, and vast. I could barely see, but in time I crawled and felt around. Then I stood up after there seemed to be all sorts of tables, artifacts, amulets, and many ancient things that I had found. Was this a trading hall? Or what had been going on here? It was like a very old museum. Or was this an antique ship? had traveled to an ancient frontier. Confused and alone? I wasn't sure what I was doing here. But of course, if you were trapped alone in the darkness, even you might find yourself contemplating fear. Life is rough, I whispered to the air.
2: Compared to what?
0: asked a voice. Who was that?
2: Can I tell you a story?
0: said the voice. I suppose
2: Then let me tell you about the duck and the meditation teacher, and you will understand how the Dharma goes. Thus I have heard. There once was a meditation teacher, who was teaching a meditation class. Just when everyone came to be settled into their seats, a knock on the door came at last. The teacher went to the door, thinking a student had arrived late. But to his surprise, it was not a student, But rather, a duck waited. The teacher asked, Hello there, duck. Have you come for class? Would you like to participate in meditation at last? The duck looked at him, a bit confused. His eyes scanned the room, but his body didn't move. Well, what are you doing? Have you arrived late? Asked the teacher. Nope, said the duck. But do you have any grapes? Grapes? Thought the teacher. There's no food in here. We are sincere practitioners. Please don't bother us. We have come to practice." The duck went away, and the teacher continued to teach. Then the next day, when the meditation class began again, another knock came upon the door. And who would you have guessed? The duck had come again. And so the teacher said, Well, if you've come to class, again you've arrived late. The duck paused, I'm not here for class, but do you have any grapes? Now the teacher was frustrated, and he closed the door on the duck. He went back to teaching, but something in his mind was still perplexed. Now a day came and went, and there was another meditation class in store. Then right after they started and settled into deep contemplation, the teacher heard a knock upon the door. Now who could it be? When the teacher went to check, it was the duck once more. And so the teacher spoke. Don't you ask it. If you ask for grapes, I'm going to nail your beak to this door. Now the duck went away. And the teacher went back to practice. But this time during class, the teacher's mind was spinning in madness. Another day came and went. And when the next meditation class got started, another knock came upon the door. And now the teacher was infuriated. Now the teacher went to the door, ready to call the police and put this duck in jail. Then the duck spoke. Hey, do you got any nails? Nails? thought the teacher. Why no, I don't have any nails. The duck smiled. Got any grapes? Now although this is a simple allegory, there is a moral of this story. We must take our practice off our mats and into real life. That is the real idea of the third boomy,"
0: said the voice. There was no sign of anyone, no sign of any walls. Nothing to see until a light flickered on in the distance hovering above to illuminate a great and ancient hall, and I swear I saw a man standing under that light. He was staring right at me, and he wore all white. Peace be with you he bowed, and welcome to the house of our Lord. What? Then I walked forward carefully, to where I saw the man had stood. But he was not there, and the light I had once seen was withdrawn. That illumination itself was no bigger than a tiny fly or bug, and now the light was gone. That man who I had just seen, well, he did not appear in a posture of defiance, but rather his hands were in the form of a prayer when he stood in silence.
2: Have you seen him?
0: asked a voice. Who is he?
2: He is free,
0: said the voice. Again the light flickered on, and there it was hovering right before my eyes. But all I saw was a tiny bug, one that the humans would call a firefly. This illumination glowed, but the tiny creature was not a man, rather it was so much smaller. There in front of me. I saw piles of paper stacked up high upon a stone altar.
2: No need to fear, I'm a preacher, and we need to talk about your soul contract. The Holy Spirit commands it,"
0: said the Firefly. What do you mean, contract?
2: A contract is a legally binding agreement which recognizes and governs the rights and duties of two parties. That's between you and the Great Spirit. And it's all summed up in your sole
0: contract," said the Firefly. Never in all of my days had I seen so many pages that high. Who was that man?
2: The great teacher,
0: said the Firefly preacher. There was a ladder nearby, which seemed quite strange. I climbed to the very top of the first stack, and so I studied the first page. What's it say? Contract of Adhesion,
2: number four. four 983 Transition Plan,"
0: said the Firefly. Adhesion. What's adhesion again? And what's this contract business about?
2: If you're going to play the game of life, then it's best to understand the rules. It's all summed up in the soul contract, because you've got to die and pass on before your soul can level up so that the next life can be used,"
0: said the Firefly. Play what? And what kind of rules? Why?
2: The first rule is most important. We honor the great fire of our spirit. Whatever it takes, the eternal flame must not go out within our pyramid,"
0: said the Firefly. Now the Firefly laughed and giggled, and all at once everything within this mountain named Kailash began to wiggle. But if you're a Firefly, then you're made of fire. Are you the Great Spirit? Do you know of any divine providers?
2: we are of the great spirit and so we must care for all spirits because this is the golden law,"
0: said the firefly. Now many lights flickered on to reveal the cargo bay entrenched behind the pyramid's lapis lazuli stones. The firefly pointed to the wall where a giant red X had been disintegrating over a permanent symbol of an orange flame. Was this an old temple of sorts? Maybe from a foreign land but it had been modified into a trading hall where merchants would have sold and exchanged goods. Large table stones showcased exotic attire, rugs, jewelry, and precious stones were arranged across each table, but not a single merchant was here. Why is it so empty? There's no one else around.
2: There used to be a lot of spiritual beings within these walls, but thousands of years ago, a wicked mutiny spoiled the purity, and stole the spiritual crown. But praise be to God, in 2020, an army of protectors came back to start a great fire that burnt the unholy aspects down to the ground. This mountain is a great pyramid in disguise. It's hidden from the masses, and not so long ago, it was overtaken by the Asuras, who are the power-seeking demons, who tricked all the spiritual seekers and trapped the Holy Spirit. They created a pyramid scheme once they uncovered the cities, which are the ancient secret powers. Then they took over the spiritual center of the world, and turned it into a giant business which functioned like an evil tower. It's empty because they didn't understand the magic of this place. And once it burned within, they deserted this great temple and went out into the material world. But look at who came back! Alhamdulillah, why you alone have returned,"
0: said the Firefly. The table nearest me held a variety of tapestries, and behind that was a collection of masks. All around, on every slab, were historic artifacts. Everything was preserved from a lost world, and so many of them? Not one item was the same. Everything was unique or handcrafted, and some of these items may not have been made by man. If you sign the
2: contract, then you can take whatever you'd like,"
0: said the Firefly. I'm alright. All I seek is the spiritual light.
2: Oh yes, old soul, and that's why we will always burn so bright,"
0: said the Firefly. Down at the bottom of the stack, there was a pen beside the last page, and to my surprise, I saw that the bottom of the contract had my exact name. Without looking at another piece of paper, the firefly hovered and illuminated a great ambiance. I took hold of the pen when,
2: You're not going to read any of it? Don't you want to take anything?
0: Said the firefly. I don't need to read it. It's time to sign. The journey is forward. This is a matter of the heart, and so I've come to align the body, spirit, and the mind upon these tables i saw great gems and material things i saw merlinite back there tarot cards too and everything was so rare it could have belonged to ancient kings and queens
2: but aren't you afraid what if it's a trap doesn't it feel a little too good to be true if i were you i'd read through these pages in case there's a map
0: said the firefly the great spirit doesn't want to trap us It wants us to love all others and to open up our hearts. If I don't sign it now, then the world and its children of life are in jeopardy of falling apart. And what a strange dilemma. Was all this material stuff just a bribe? Because why hide it all here? Why not keep it? Or was this treasure the remains of a long-lost tribe? There was a giant crystal boulder positioned in the center of a small Zen garden where pure white sand had been combed into circles around it. I looked back to the nearest table, and the little firefly was hovering above two pieces of flint.
2: You don't remember,
0: said the firefly. Remember what?
2: How we changed the world with a single burning ember,
0: said the firefly. I didn't understand this little bug, but every so often it would flash its fire to reveal such light. Had I met this little one before, oh surely we had crossed paths, but maybe in a past life. My spiritual eye was fixated on the Firefly, and I began to see her behind the light of her love. For a moment I saw her form change, and there she appeared, as a tiny red ladybug. So you know the Great Spirit, huh?
2: I hear its words, so I'm an interpreter,
0: said the Firefly. And why is that? because the Great Spirit commands it," she said. And has anyone ever read through this contract, like ever?
2: One person tried to read it all,
0: the Firefly paused,
2: but after the seventh day, he passed on. Once he realized we had no food in here, his body perished rather abruptly. If only he knew that brunch was waiting around the corner. And it's too bad, because a soul contract doesn't change, all that matters is that you continue to walk forward to find the way.
0: As I signed my name, the ink began shifting, and now the letters of my name changed into something enigmatic. By some trickery, I watched these letters move around, and that's when I knew this place was bound by a certain spiritual magic. The name I signed was not the same name that appeared. This was confusing at first, but I read the new name as I smiled at fear. A Mowgli? Who is he?
2: How come you don't remember? You set him free,
0: said the Firefly. But where are we?
2: We're in the middle. This is the place where the cosmic lords and goddesses reside. Here their spirits wait to be incarnated into a living body to rule over all things, all natural forces, all lands, and all others because here the Great Spirit cannot die. This middle ground is the only way that those below can pass on to the place above. Mount Kailash is the Great Lapis Lazuli Pyramid where heaven and the earth meet in the middle to transfer the spirit of eternal love,"
0: said the Firefly. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a hand-stitched yellow raincoat with big red boots. Hey, I think I remember seeing those before. I know I've seen that coat with the red boots." The Firefly beamed with excitement while she tugged at the raincoat's pockets and emitted light as she swung from side to side.
2: "'Yes, you were here. Do you remember the day we didn't die?'
0: said the Firefly. I looked back to those pages, because it was all about the principle. I'm not afraid or anything, and it didn't matter what those pages said, because I believe in our Great Spirit's potential. We must do anything, even sacrifice our own lives, because the children of life are essential."
2: "'Who cares about the pages? It's just paper anyway,'
0: whispered the Firefly. In the very back of the trading hall, there was only one door left. I followed the Firefly when we passed by a stone table as the strangest thing caught my eye. It was a jacket, or a fisherman's robe of sorts, and on its shoulders, were two deceased horseshoe crabs. Long tails stretched down each side, from the shoulders to the elbows. The garment was blue with white, and I always wanted a coat of my own.
2: You like that one?
0: whispered the firefly. I shrugged. The firefly jumped back to grab it, but she was too little to lift it up.
2: If you're so excited about this one, why don't you try it on?
0: said the firefly. (laughs) Again the firefly giggled and the more she laughed, the more light grew. There was a certain magic around this lapis lazuli stone, and memories of the past were just now coming into view. After a struggle, the firefly managed to get inside the coat, but this coat was far too big for her tiny soul to embody.
2: I've always wanted to wear someone else's skeleton, you know, just to see how it feels to walk in their body,
0: said the firefly. Interesting. Never had the thought crossed my mind, but at least she was smiling. She blinked her light, and at that moment I saw Ladybug wink. There was something so familiar about her, and whatever memory I thought of, I couldn't quite remember, but I knew I was right on the brink. I looked back at the grand room one last time, before the firefly waved to the empty room as she continued flying. As we went through the back door. We entered a dark room. After the door closed behind us, I looked down, and the fisherman's jacket appeared in my hands when the lights flickered on. I hadn't touched it, but my memory knew this tiled room. Two metal chairs with straps waited ahead, and I swear this could have been an ancient tomb. I didn't take this jacket. Yes, you did, said the Firefly. There were at least twelve doors on all sides of this room. It was impossible to know where each one went. Each door was unique, and built from exotic wood or metals, with the most noticeable entry being a dark brick staircase descending down into the darkness. The Firefly buzzed around the jacket in my hand.
2: You stole it again,
0: said the Firefly. I didn't steal it. I just looked down, and there the coat was by my side.
2: You know, Robin Hood stole from the rich, so that we could give to the poor. It doesn't matter if you took it today or a hundred lifetimes ago, all that matters is what you took it for. I remember when you first came here. You arrived with four others in search of relief and peace. You stole that jacket many years ago and here you are again, the great Dharma thief,"
0: said the Firefly.